0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is our Monday rundown. Sean and I started talking about his Alabama Crimson Tide and their massive loss. A little bit more college football after that. Moving on, we talked about the MLB and the lack of signings, including Manny Machado. I'm a little little depressed about that one. After that, we moved on to another thing I'm depressed about, and that is NCAA basketball. Talked about the top 25 And, of course, our teams. Finally, we moved on to the NBA. We talked about what's going to happen in the trade deadline, the Lakers mess that is going on right now, and the locals, of course. So enjoy this pod. We'll be back with our Wednesday NFL pod on Wednesday, of course. And have a good night.
1: Everybody. welcome back to Sorry to Interrupt here for our Monday Rundown, the 64th episode of Sorry to Interrupt as we're approaching our one year mark. Tom, what's up, bud?
0: One year in, uh, I don't know, maybe two weeks? Something like that. It was that. something like that. I'll at have this to look point, that up.
1: Yeah, at this point last year, we were definitely formulating the idea. An old name, going Meetings back to the Starbucks, archives. Meetings Yankee archives, Clippers. Yep, yeah. the Richfield Library. It's crazy. So. Not
0: telling everybody where we live, Sean.
1: No, no, no. That's that's just a library. I didn't say where we live. but okay. <laughs> okay. It could be any. We could be any of the neighboring towns. Or maybe not even that. But anyway. So keep digging um, that hole, Sean. <laughs> Speaking of digging a hole, uh, you're coming back from an 0-4 week. Uh, the champion had a fall a little wow. bit. But that's okay. We'll discuss that on Wednesday. Can't win them all, man. No, nope, apparently not. Even the great ones. Can't win them all, even, and
0: obviously we're going to talk about it on Wednesday. The New England Patriots are still the New England Patriots. Yes,
1: they are, and that the only reason I took them it was exact that was validated. When yesterday. is this thing
0: going to come to an end? Well, who it, has to die? Who do I have to kill?
1: Well, first things first.
0: Jerry Jones is gone. Is it clear
1: will. that even though they've taken a step down? the division is so awful that they have no threat and that's what's kept this dynasty together well
0: that obviously is pay, plays a major part but the Char- they shredded a very good team in the chargers yep
1: and i think too is it's the chargers were exactly what they have always been and Rivers, too. Now 0-8 against the Patriots. Anyway, don't get too I'm much depressed. away from Wednesday. I'm I know, I know we are. At least we have some other uh, important news that's going to cheer. Oh, no, wait. No, we don't. Um,
0: well, one of my playoff teams is alive and one of yours
1: is alive. That's true. That's true. But Maybe, maybe they'll meet in the Super Bowl. Who knows? I mean, obviously my Viking pick was abysmal. But, I did a little better than you there. Um, let's talk about a defeat that seven nights ago uh, we were on this pod and I ended by saying roll tide. Well, the Tide ended up getting rolled. Uh, that you was already a, made that joke. That works, was a right. beatdown. It was a beatdown. Um, that was the worst I've seen Alabama look uh, in the Saban era, really, since his oh, first yeah. couple years. Uh, that 2008 SEC title game against Florida, um, that was awful. Uh, they lost at Ole Miss a few years ago. What made this different, though, is that they've had some tough losses. You know, the kick six against Auburn. um The 2017 national title game, the Deshaun Watson, uh, Hunter Renfro, they were in those games. They got their asses handed. to Not only were they in those games, they had those games won. So this was was totally different. This was a level of beatdown that I hadn't seen before. If you remember, I predicted them to win by 10. And if somebody were going to say, hey, Clemson's going to win, I wouldn't be overly surprised. Clemson's great. But the manner in which this was done, this was a combination of Alabama playing their worst game and Clemson playing their absolute best. What did you take away from this? Because I know you had capital on it.
0: Uh, that one hurt. That's one. You were cursing me out. I said fuck you a couple times. I'm, I'm sorry you about team. that. No, you're I'm not. sorry about that. <laughs> not at all. I'm not,
1: but I'm going to say
0: I am. Most um,
1: disingenuous sorry.
0: Trevor Lawrence is the fucking real deal. Sure is. That guy's a stud. Sure is. How about I knew Ross? From, I knew it from the first time I laid my eyes on that beautiful golden hair. Oh,
1: boy. All right. Let's, let's talk. And down. I
0: said, listen. They're going to start Trevor Lawrence when this when this season goes on. Two weeks later, they start Trevor Lawrence. God damn it. I should be a college football analyst. What the hell am
1: I doing here? Oh, God, please. No, I hope not. But
0: <laughs> what the fuck am I? I'll get a couple names wrong, but the facts will be right. I mean, I could be a scout. I, I don't know because this
1: guy couldn't miss. Well, if you were if you got that one wrong, you, there's no reason for you to be a scout if you got that All one right,
0: wrong. All right, listen, we know the guy's got a lot of talent. He was the top-ranked quarterback in the country. Obviously, he was pretty good. But if I told you that he beat Alabama by 20 points in the national championship game in his freshman year at the beginning of the season when Kelly Bryant was coming back off of uh, going to the playoff the year before, yeah, you would have told me I was crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean I definitely would have been surprised, especially based off the fact so that So give me a little credit. Tua did it last year and, and nobody saw. and I expected, okay, he's already got that under his belt. Now he's going to come out. Well, this game was so interesting because first of all, Ross, the the wide receiver, the freshman wide receiver. geez, those guys are going to have another two years together. It's insane. Burner. He he could step on the field and play on Sundays. Like he's the best wide receiver on the Washington Redskins right now. But like yeah. honestly, by a long shot. Yeah, honestly though, just looking at that game, it was insane to me how completely flustered Alabama was. I mean, bottom line were, is, man, Clemson was in complete control from kickoff till the end of the game. They were, but you know, Bama had that sixteen thirteen lead heading into the in, after the first quarter. But you just felt you didn't I mean, feel you. I had a feeling it was going to be a track meet. It was going to be somewhere in the fifties, and whoever had the ball last was probably going to win. And then all of a sudden, you know, Bama uncharacteristically. You know, false starts, bad penalties, and the turnovers. Terrible. Two,
0: two through what? Two or three picks. Two in Two picks. Game? And I mean, I was watching the first series on the skycam here with you, which I thought was pretty cool. You thought it was stupid, but <laughs> I just like that, the traditional broadcast. I, I like that skycam thing because you can see what the quarterback sees. Comes out, those two dimes, two first downs, easy. And I was like, oh man, I'm taking this, I'm taking this straight to the bank. Yeah, you're feeling good third about play, yourself. Third play, third play, pick. I, I couldn't believe it. And after that. Literally after that pick, it just looked like the momentum was gone. I don't care that they had a lead.
1: Well, that pick was bad, but he came right back and, and threw a touchdown. So, you know, you've it looked like he had it erased. What really did it was that the second pick that where was he, he didn't see the safety coming across through the deep ball way over through Jerry Judy and went right into the hands of the defender. And that was a momentum killer because they had just gained a first down on a fourth and one. But bad play calling. I mean, they've they been running such exotic offense all year with Tua, and they just couldn't do it. Now, going over to Clemson's side, you could tell that Lawrence was a little flustered early. He didn't have that much comfortability, and you just weren't sure how he was going to respond. But you know what makes a quarterback feel really fucking good? Having all day to throw. Because the biggest takeaway from this game, aside from Bama's miscues, they got absolutely no pressure on Trevor Lawrence. He had all day to throw. And when you give a guy like that seven seconds to throw a football, he's going to get somebody open and he's going to make you pay. That's really, really bad. So Bama became desperate and they they couldn't get pressure. Their secondary was not covering guys, missing assignments, linebackers, way out of position, just things you're not used to seeing. It was like when, you know, New England lost in that wild card game to Baltimore, like 42 nothing. Like You just don't see that from these teams. They might lose, but they're never going to lose because they're not prepared. So to see that whole combination was just really crazy to me. Congratulations to Clemson. They they dominated on both sides of the ball. They have two more years of Trevor Lawrence and Ross. I mean, that's, that's going to be a lethal tandem. But you know what? Alabama's going to be right back there too because they had the number one recruiting class this year and they got Tua heading into his third season, his second full as a starter. They got talent up and down the board. These two teams are going to dominate college football. If you're tired of Alabama and Clemson, you might want to go into hibernation for a few years because they're not going anywhere.
0: No, not at all. Alabama's going to run it back next year, especially with Tua coming back. They're going to be just fine.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and Saban's going to – this was a game, though. It's funny. You know, you, you laugh when – Saban's losing his shit on the sidelines when they're up forty points, and he's you know all pissed and and screaming at players for missing assignments. Well, this is why, because you have to be perfect to play there. Because at some point or another, those moments are going to come up, and if you just brush them under the rug like they're no big deal because you're beating Colorado State by thirty eight points, they're going to come back to bite you when you need to make those plays. And clearly, the defense wasn't on wasn't very sharp. The offense wasn't very sharp. Guys, false starts, neutral zone infractions, holding penalties, late hits, which is very unlike Alabama. They just weren't – hard to say this about a Nick Saban team. They were just outcoached.
0: Yeah, Dabo will do that to you. Dabo was Even great. Even the Knicks. So, I mean, he's a protege of Saban. Am I wrong there?
1: He's not a protege, but, I mean, he's an Alabama grad. That's so, what he, I, yeah, so he, I went, he, he walked on at Alabama – and won a national title there. Um, and there's a lot of speculation that he's going to go to Alabama when Saban retires. And I, I wouldn't necessarily bet on that. I, That's going to be a hard legacy to follow, no matter how good you are. You know, you imagine Saban's going to be there another two, three years. That's at least one more national championship, you think. That's gonna be I seven. I don't know. You
0: told me they were gonna win by ten, and they lost by twenty. So I'm not taking anything for <laughs> college football for what you say.
1: Well, you don't have to talk it for a long time. But well, yeah. Anyway, that was my take from the game. Anything else for for you?
0: No, not at all. Alabama got waxed. Both teams will be back next year. I'm only gonna care about one game, and that's the final game again next year. Next year, I'm betting against you, which is what I should have done. My heart said bet against you. My head said bet against you. I didn't listen to either of them. Cause I was like, eh. it wasn't
1: your soul. You find religion or something. No,
0: but I was just like, eh, if Sean wins, at least I'll have a little something to feel better about. But it was wow, stupid. What a guy. I should have, I should have gone with my instinct and buried you, and I didn't. But what can you do? I mean, you win some and you lose some. Yeah, we both. Lost. The one thing I will have to talk about is the NCAA in general, and we knew this was going to be a long haul, but there was a report from Bleacher Report saying that it's very far off to get to A teams.
1: Yeah, because the problem is, is you're gonna have to you're gonna have to convince these teams to play a third game, if they if they get to the national title game, and that's that's gonna be hard. That's gonna be hard to do. Tough
0: to convince Alabama or Clemson. Who and you are gotta in there remember, like that,
1: that conversation that we had before. Well, you know, you just cut out a regular season game. Well, you're not gonna cut out a conference game because all it's a conference all, all, game. all conferences have to play the same amount of games. And you're not going to eradicate some of these other games to start the season, those out-of-conference games that gets everybody hyped, that make the schools lots of money. And also those cupcake games that, you know, you kind of laugh at when they're on the schedule, but those make the other teams money. They have to play those games. So I don't know what's going to happen. It's probably going to be a long way away. At the end of the day, you could play eight, you could play four, or you could just go back to the BCS the end of the day is Clemson and Alabama would be playing for the national championship. Even if you put 16 teams in because they're this the two year, best when teams they, when they and, went it and it defeated. wasn't close. Yeah,
0: absolutely. This year, definitely last year. You look at it. I don't know.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of the question. You know, you, you look at these teams, but we thought Oklahoma was really good and, that was not a game, and Notre Dame had no business playing. And truth of the matter was, is Ohio State didn't look very good in the Rose Bowl, and no. and Georgia got got hammered by Texas. So,
0: Well, ha- we set it off the jump. It's Alabama, it's Clemson, and it's everybody else. Yeah. We've been saying that for weeks.
1: Yep, and it really, this is how it's going to be. But one final takeaway, these two met in the uh, semifinal last year, Kelly Bryant against Jalen Hurts, and Alabama won 26-12. to And everybody was saying, oh, Clemson's down. You know, they're, how do they get back, you know, the last two years the games were so close and Alabama just killed them. First of all, totally different style of game. You see the difference between Tua and Lawrence going at it as opposed to Jalen Hurts and, and Kelly Bryant.
0: Looks like an NFL game.
1: Sure as hell does, man. And then you also see it's like you're going to overreact to one game and it was an absolute blowout. But to anybody that thinks this Alabama run is over, you got to check the recruiting classes, and you got to check the guy on the sideline. And Not as long as Nick Saban's done, alive,
0: that's for sure. Yeah, I should be saying the same thing about Belichick. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, I went against you. <laughs>
1: we probably will on Wednesday, but yeah. Um, transitioning though, there's a little bit more college football news because Kyler Murray, this year's Heisman winner, has officially declared for the NFL draft. He met with. Uh, the Oakland A's brass yesterday. Demanded
0: $15, $15 million. Well, well, what would have
1: happened was was that it wouldn't be a signing bonus. They would have to put him on the 40-man roster because there's a rookie scale. So the 4.6 signing bonus is what he got, uh, and he was basically saying this is how much I would get if I went in the first round or in the, especially in the lottery, quote-unquote, of the NFL draft. And uh, the only way that the A's could do it is by putting him on their 40-man, taking a guy that hasn't played a game in your system on the 40-man roster It's a bold move, especially for a team that's got a lot of young talent.
0: Not to mention in the MLB, there's a clock on those guys, and if you go right into the major leagues, you are only got them for three years as opposed to four for free agency-wise.
1: Listen, baseball is a better bet to go play than football. 99.9% of the time, unless you are a great quarterback that's going to go in the top five, and that's what he's banking on. As far as finances are concerned, two years in the NFL at that, is probably a safer bet than what he's going to do in 10 years in baseball because who knows if he even cracks AAA. He's supposed to be a great prospect, but we see prospects fizzle out every year. Yep. Were you surprised by him declaring for the draft, saying he's definitely going, and do you think that he's going to follow through with it, or is he going to use this as leverage and really play kind of a John Elway game and say this is who I'm only willing to play for?
0: I think it's a John Elway game. Me too. Um, I don't really think that he... I, I mean, listen, there's a lot of hype around him. Heisman winner went to the college football playoff at this point. Giants are projected to take him. Oh, So-and-so are projected to take him. And I'll ask your opinion about that al- Um, in a second. I already know the answer, but they don't, so we'll let them know. But I think he's just playing the long game here. Maybe he'll end up on the 40-man. Maybe he'll end up on a different team.
1: Yeah, or maybe he'll do both. Maybe he'll play football for a little bit and then have that baseball in his back pocket. If Tim Tebow can baseball go... Baseball's not going anywhere. nine years without playing, I think Kyler Murray can go two or three. Especially because he's a hell of a lot better at baseball than Tim Tebow. Oh, yes. No doubt about it.
0: Um, So if the Giants were to actually take this guy...
1: I would not be happy.
0: Okay. No. And, and give me your a, reasons why.
1: He's a flash in the pan, big 12 quarterback, um, mobile as hell, hell of an arm, but... He's 5'9". Not a lot of those guys work out. Um, the only real defense he played this year was Alabama's, and they made him look pretty bad. Um, I'm wondering if, if he doesn't start, if he has to sit behind an Eli Manning, or you know how impatient is he going to be. Um, I don't really like having that distraction, knowing that if things don't work out his way, he's got baseball to go to. Uh, that just doesn't excite me. There yeah. is rumor rumors. Not
0: something I would waste a first-round pick on if the guy's going to go play baseball. No.
1: I, I mean, I wouldn't trade up to get him, and I sure as shit wouldn't take him at six. Uh, if Obviously, you know I want Dwayne Haskins. If there has been a little bit of movement in, as far as conversation is concerned about how much Cliff Kingsbury loves Kyler Murray, and if they would possibly, the Arizona Cardinals I'm talking about, use the number one pick on him, and open up a sweepstakes for Rosen. I don't know if that actually has legs to it. They came out and shot down that rumor, but the more I'm hearing from inside channels, that's something that they could entertain. You,
0: you got to say my sources.
1: My sources, yeah. So the more you're hearing <laughs>
0: from your sources, that is more might be of a, a fact possibility than, than what it is. I think been he went because
1: be. he knows. You know, remember Cliff Kingsbury coached against him at, at Texas at Texas Tech and said that. Back in October that the guy's going to be a stud and how much he loved seeing him play. And that's a guy at that time who was still employed and didn't look like Kyler Murray had any opportunity that he was going to go play, uh, flip, go pursue an NFL career. Kind of innocent, but if you track back, you know, in this era, everybody knows everything you say and has it documented and recorded and pushed out to yeah, every The second outlet. he was hired. So, that
0: was a Twitter video. So they yeah, had that in their back pocket Of course. So,
1: I mean, who knows? The Cardinals could get crazy and do that. I think Murray made this decision, though, saying, I'm going to be a top pick. So would you trade for Rosen? Probably not. I mean, if he was really available. You liked him. You I, liked I him. did, but it would depend what they would have to give up. I mean, I still think Haskins is, is better than Rosen. Uh, so I mean we got a long way to go before that but as far as Kyler Murray is concerned do you see do you project him being worth a top five or six pick in the in the draft and actually having an NFL career that's sustainable and, and great I mean Manziel, no, not God, not God the knows player. How to, uh, I mean who's had he a little success to?
0: who do you compare him to a guy that can scramble with a big arm I don't really
1: compare him to anybody
0: I mean I guess you could say Russell Wilson because of the escapability. And if you really want to stretch the parlay to the baseball career, but Russell Wilson, Russell wasn't...
1: Wilson had no ambition of playing major league baseball. Yeah,
0: and Russell Wilson, I mean, although he did play, he won I think a Rose Bowl to, too. I think he went up to what double A, Russell y- Wilson. Yep, he um he wasn't nearly as talented as Kyler Murray. He wasn't a first round pick like he, like Kyler Murray was with the Oakland A's, and also. Russell Wilson wasn't a first first round pick of the Seattle Seahawks no, either. Third rounder, yeah. They kind of fell into him, so I but don't. He see always said he,
1: football was one.
0: When it comes to the game, I think first of all, he played in a lot better of a conference. And also, Russell Wilson's a lot more accurate than Murray. So yeah, He
1: won a Rose Bowl, too, and he started for two different teams and for four years. I mean, you can't well, take away. he won that a Rose away.
0: Bowl, but you also can't take away the fact that Kyler Murray won a Heisman and also went to the college football playoff. No, you can't. Which I think is a little bit higher up than winning a Rose Bowl. I
1: just think starting at NC State and Wisconsin for four years and going and winning a marquee game like that as opposed to just showing up, you know, one year... For a guy that lost in that playoff game. Played at Texas A&M. Texas Tech, you mean? No, he played at Texas A&M as well. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. So, I mean, mean, the comps are there for
0: sure, but it's a little bit of a stretch. Game-wise, I guess you could compare him to him. Johnny Manziel might be a better comp. Thank you for saying that. A guy that can run around, create time, is a perfect college quarterback. But when you go and play with the big boys, I don't see it lasting.
1: No, I don't either. Too
0: small, too slender.
1: And uh, he's not accurate enough. I know McShea loves him, so we'll we'll see how much weight that carries if he's going to go through the combine and the pro day and all that stuff. Well, we'll you know see. what's
0: really disappointing is that he can't do the um, the quarterbacks camp with Gruden this year. That is unfortunate. I
1: really wanted to see Gruden go over. I mean, I, maybe I wanted, he can do it when they interview him and take him number three overall or two I wanted overall. to see them hit him with a couple pool noodles. Four. They right? The Raiders have
0: the Raiders have the fourth pick. Yeah. I just wanted to see him hit him with a couple pool noodles and called spider
1: Y banana a couple times that's all i wanted to see well you might get the behind the scenes when he's drafted by the raiders maybe. because they're crazy enough to maybe do that we'll True. see we're a long way away from that we're like three and a half months out but very we'll, intre- we'll talk
0: more about the giants quarterback situation they're gonna have options this they're year. they're gonna have options i don't know if you're gonna like any of them but they will have plenty of options super bowl is three weeks away
1: two so two yeah yeah three weeks on. away yeah the pro-
0: Come on, man, let's not skip over the Pro Bowl. I'm going to give a big-time preview, preview of that one. But I can't wait. Yeah, Super Bowl's three weeks away, and then we'll have the entire offseason to talk Giants football yeah, but and is, Jets football but, with their new coked-out robot coach. There
1: you go. Wow, that's a, that's strong. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what Kyler Murray ends up doing. I mean, but it was definitely a big day for both Major League Baseball and the NFL by him declaring for the draft, and we'll see what ends up happening. Um, checking in on Major League Baseball, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper – still are not signed, and there have been certain waves thrown in that have said Manny Machado might be down to two destinations.
0: This one hurts. This one's depressing. These aren't the Yankees that I grew up with. And they're not the Yankees you grew up with. They signed DJ LeMayhew. I'm sure we're going to talk about that. I'm going to tell you what I want to see out of it and how I feel. It hurts my heart. <laughs> well, it definitely is I got nothing right now. St. John's lost twice in the past week. The Jets just hired a, a coked-out robot. And do I have to talk about the Knicks on this? Is that in the show notes? I do, don't I?
1: Well, you have to. It's a Monday rundown. Well, what do I have going for me? Not much. Nothing. Am I going to be doing a solo? I really don't want. It. Will Is will have to come in. Hide all the sharp objects. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> the extension cords are out of, out of harm's way too. Uh, although Will might not be that much happier, so maybe we don't need him. True. Um, <laughs> that's sorry, buddy. Um, but no, yeah. So what? DJ LeMahieu out of nowhere signed a two-year, twenty-four million dollar deal with the Yankees on Friday. Very surprised at first. You know, I was not happy about it, obviously, because. I want Manny Machado on on the New York Yankees and I I understand them being financially much more understanding and a little bit more controlled. I also understand that with the years, which we've had that conversation many of times. DJ Lemahu, they envision being this year's Neil Walker and a Ben Zobrist type player. I want
0: Ben Zobrist, where
1: he can play all over the place. Ben Zobrist is probably a better hitter, but remember, Zobrist also played the outfield a little bit. Lemayhu's oh, not him an in outfielder. a bigger club. he'll be fine. <laughs> he's a he's a three time Gold Glove winner at second. He won the 2016 NL batting title for Colorado. He's not a home run guy, but he's a high average guy. D- hardly strikes out. Gets on base a good amount.
0: Uh, high average in one season in Colorado. That's what has he's me. He's always around a 300 because, hitter though. No, nah, his other two seasons he was batting around 250. So that's what has me worried. Is because I did my research on this one, Sean. I know I don't do a lot of research. No, but you don't. He had two subpar seasons and one really obviously batting title type season. Two-time All Star. But, listen, I don't know. I mean, we got Tulowitzki as well. I, I don't I don't know how much Colorado elevates those numbers. You're not a home run hitter, so if you're going to hit line drives in Colorado, you're going to hit him anywhere. I'm just worried that he's not going to be able to produce.
1: Yeah, I mean, what I'm interested, though, is like how, how often is he playing? So if they envision him in that role, they're going to give Glaber a day off every week. They're going to give Andujar a day every great. week. They're going to give... Uh, Tulawitzki a day every week, maybe two, as he comes back from only playing sixty-six listen, games in two years. Listen,
0: Machado hasn't signed yet. Let's talk about it like he signed. They're going to give Machado a day off well,
1: every couple days. <laughs> well, we're, it seems as though there's conflicting reports as to what what's going on. Let's talk
0: about Machado, and then I mean, let's talk about Lemahieu, and then we'll jump back in. I
1: like I I like him a lot as a player. I like him for what they signed him for. But again, you know, I'm all for being. Savvy. smart and savvy and I don't think that you need to have an all-star player at every position to win I mean Steve Pierce just won the World Series MVP for Boston they got him in a trade from Toronto in June for basically nothing you don't need a star at every at every position but it sure as hell helps especially when you can't give you can't sell me on they don't need them because if it, we've talked about this at length, It's not just this year. You're talking about next year. Is he an upgrade from what you currently have at third and as great as Andujar is and as much as we love him? Yes. The answer is yes. Didi's out. How are you matching that production? Are you really going to count on Tulowitzki and LeMahieu to do that? I wouldn't. Is Glaber going to have any kind of sophomore slump? Who is your first baseman? Is was Voit a uh, uh, splash in the pan, or is he ready to go and and take over the reins as the Yankees' first baseman? Does Greg Bird have a comeback year and reestablish himself as the Yankees' you know core first baseman? There's a lot of question marks on this team. I
0: thought we weren't going to talk about Greg Bird on here anymore. You have
1: to. He's on the team. No, <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> so in a perfect world. The Yankees are better if Greg Bird is healthy and productive. Absolutely. You get a left-handed bat, that's who they want to win that battle and I'm grab a lot it by better, the balls. I'm a
0: lot better if I'm a billionaire too, but that's a massive if, Sean. That's
1: exactly right, but that is what they are hoping for and I'm sure secretly counting on, and they have Voight there to in, in case it doesn't work out. But still, that's a lot of question marks going on that infield. I don't know why they're not going out. And if they don't want to give 10 years, that's fine. If they're waiting for the market to come down. It doesn't sound like anyone's
0: going to give them 10 years. It doesn't
1: sound like even eight. I mean, that report with the White Sox last night that came out was false. And there have been multiple reports this morning saying they're not going past seven and they're nowhere near the 325 or even 300 million. Very good. Yeah. I mean, even CC Sabathia on his podcast, R2C2, said that he's going to he thinks the longer this drags out, the better chance the Yankees have of signing him. I hope him. he's right. But I don't know what's going to happen, man. It's it's getting about that time. You can't tell me they don't need him. You always need a guy who's going to have that kind of production. The Yankees just don't want to give another deal like that when you've got Stanton for nine more years. You're going to have to give Judge a long-term deal. You're probably extending Deedee. You look at Glaber Torres at some point. You look at Sanchez and, and Severino. I they're coming, you know, you've still got Ellsbury on the books, Jesus Christ.
0: I know, but you make a move to get Stanton and and, and the time is to win now. Yeah. And you make these savvy moves like signing D.J. LeMahieu to sign a guy like Manny Machado right. to stick in the middle of your they lineup. Should never, so go do it. They
1: should never be reasons. Like, Troy Tulowitzki and D.J. LeMahieu should not be reasons why you're not signing no. Manny Machado. If you want to use them as leverage. I feel leverage, like we're in
0: fucking Queens right now. Yeah. I feel like we're the Mets.
1: Yep. And if you want to use, if you want to say, listen, we're just getting them as depth and we'll figure it all out if we sign Machado, that's great. That's fine. And actually, that's kind of what they've said. You know, he, Cashman did say that he wants Tulewitzki to be a starting shortstop. I think that makes sense because in his world, Manny Machado is going to play third base when they when Didi comes back and they lock up Didi for another four years. So why don't you just expedite the process? For LeMahieu, you said you got him to be a utility guy. $24 million for two years is a very expensive utility guy. They're using it as leverage, I'm sure. They're saying they don't need to sign Machado. I don't know if this is Cashman playing really strong hardball. I don't know if this is Cashman really saying we're not interested in going anywhere near your demands. All I'm saying is you got a guy 26 years old, a generational player in his prime, Eight years isn't going to kill you. You've spent all this time getting under the luxury tax to go out and get a guy. This is not Albert Pujols at 31. This is not Robinson Robinson Cano Cano at 30. 30. This is, this is Robinson Cano at 26.
0: Robinson Cano at 30, who was already declining and who don't tell me you didn't know he was probably taking steroids.
1: Right. So at, at now, this is the time to, to pounce. And, I'm all for I'm all for them because we just saw, right? As Yankee fans growing up with all these guys seeing the 2009 year, they had to trade Burnett for nothing. CC, the only reason he's been able to reinvent himself is because they had to keep running him out there from 13 through 16 even though he was just getting hammered because they were paying him so much money. And then you had Teixeira breaking down, and A. Rod breaking down, and this Jeter the, breaking down at the not same the time. Case. But right, that they're probably guarding against that because they know that with Stanton, with Judge, with some a lot of these guys, they're all going to be coming down at the end of their contracts around the same time. Judge is not young. I know he's only been up for a year and a half, but he's not young. He's or two and a half years rather. He's twenty five. Tw- he's twenty seven, dude. So he's oh, he's, wow. he's literally Shit. Stanton's age. So. He's been he's it's taken him a long time to get here so there's no guarantee. What are you going to give him an eight year deal at some point? No. There's a lot. To, no. There's a lot. He's a homegrown guy. You're going to let Stanton or you're going to let Judge walk? Well, when Trout's playing center field, I don't really give a fuck. He's going to the Phillies, man. Don't worry about it. I but know, I know. <laughs> but yeah, so there's a lot to think about with Machado. It still hasn't happened. I'm shocked. Um, I'm I'm putting the finishing touches on this article about the financial crisis in Major League Baseball because. It's something that is really nuts. You saw Jake Arietta put out a cryptic tweet this weekend talking about all the one- to three-year guys better signed now and guys you know two years away, you're next. This is a trend. Really great players are not being signed. And you can't tell me it's just because Harper and Machado are clogging up the market. DJ LeMay, he was a really good player. He settled for a two-year, $24 million deal to be a glorified utility guy with the Yankees. Jed Lowry signed a two-year, twenty-two million dollar deal with the Mets. Where is he playing every day? He's a really good player. Yeah, absolutely. You've got Brian the Dozier analytics. signing a analytics one-year, nine million dollar deal with the Nationals. Brian Dozier is a very good second baseman. I mean, he's coming off two seasons where he hit what fifty and forty home runs. In 2016, he hit fifty home runs. I mean, he he's a really good player and a and a great defensive second baseman. The fact he has to settle for one year nine is is startling to me. Dallas Keuchel still signed. Craig Kimbrell still not signed. Adam Ottavino still not signed, and the list goes on and on. Um, Marwin Gonzalez, market,
0: by all accounts, the market for Kim- Kimble- Kimbrell is crumbling. So
1: yeah, he's not going to get anywhere near the money he wants, and and you know you're starting to see these more creative deals. Um, Scott Boris referred to them as swell pot deals. We articulated it last week with the Zach Britton trade or signing, where essentially. You know the, the player can opt in to a fourth year after two, but that means he's getting the third and the fourth, but the team can opt out uh, in the second year, which means they only have him for three. It's kind of a creative way to give the team and the player a lot of opportunity and and flexibility with what they want to do for their careers. I don't know if something like that happens with Harper or Machado. You've got to imagine these guys are going to get $300 million, $280 million for where they are in their careers and what they've done. It's just not out there. And then with Machado, the last question is, if the White Sox offer the most, if the Phillies offer the most, years and money, where would you rather be, and are you going to give the Yankees the last the last shot, which I'm sure they are, and that's why I don't really read that much into why the Yankees haven't given him an offer yet. There's no reason to.
0: So what do you think? When it's all said and done, I think Manny Machado, I don't even know, because I've been saying he's going to sign by Monday every single fucking Wednesday. When he signs, who does he sign with? in your prediction.
1: If the Phillies sign Bryce Harper, which it sounds like it's increasingly pop more possible after having a 5-hour meeting with him in Vegas, the Phillies sign Bryce Harper in the week Manny Machado's a Chicago White Sox. Wow. If Manny Machado or if Bryce Harper goes back to Washington cuz I think those are the only two teams he's going to, I think Manny Machado is a Philadelphia Philly. I don't I don't see a world in which the Phillies don't get one of those two guys. And just right now, reading the tea leaves, it doesn't seem like the Yankees are all that in. It, it just doesn't seem like that's a world that's going to happen unless something absolutely crazy happens and the hey. Yankees just wake up and say, you know what, Gene Carlos, Fuck it, go. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, that's one more thing I want to touch on. Yankee fans don't that shit on Stanton. He's a better player than Bryce Harper. He's a much better player than Bryce Harper. It's really not that close. People are infatuated with Harper because they don't have him.
0: Read a book. Look at some numbers.
1: This was a bad year for John Carlos Stanton. Yankee fans couldn't stand him. He had 38 home runs and drove in 100 runs and carried the team for four weeks when Judge was out. That's a really good year for Bryce Harper. Yeah. That's a really good year for Bryce Harper. Absolutely. And you know what? If Harper came to the Yankees, Yankee fans would be screaming and yelling about how we have this guy who all he does Strikes is strike out. all the time. Yep. Stanton's a better player. Yankee fans, you got to embrace him, and I think he's going to have a huge year coming back. But... That's enough on Machado. So Machado
0: to the White Sox for you, huh? Uh,
1: yeah, I think if I think because I think Harper's going to fuck Philly. this.
0: I'm done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think because I think Harper's going to Philly. I'm done. Um, Philly's gonna get one of those guys, I, I, and then I I really want to see who the next reliever is—is is it Kimbrel or Ottavino? I really want to see where Dal- Dallas Keuchel ends up. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez is gonna—I'm surprised that Lemayhew is doing that job because Marwin Gonzalez is better. Because he can play the outfield, so I'm I'm shocked that Lemay. Well, that goes to show Lemayhu couldn't even get a starting job at well, second base where he's won three Gold Gloves. And I also think kind of that goes. Title.
0: I think that goes to show that Marwin Gonzalez is probably not willing to settle as much as Lemayhu is, because I'm sure the Yankees talk to him.
1: Well, I think probably what's happening is these guys are just getting smart and they're telling their agents. We saw this last year. People, a lot of there was that special spring training for unsigned free agents. These guys want jobs and if they have to settle for something, Mike Moustakis had to sign a one-year deal with the Royals last year. We showed how much he helped Milwaukee when he was traded over there and he's not signed yet. So it's absolutely crazy. You can't tell me it's just Machado and Harper clogging up the market. It's just not happening. These guys are just not getting years money that they want. GMs are smarter. Owners are more intelligent with how they're spending their resources um, You have openly 10 teams trying not to win and just doing a, just enough where you can't say there's collusion. And that's the state of Major League Baseball that we're in. It's, it's unfortunate. And the fact that we're in to mid-January and Mayhem and and Bryce Harper aren't signed yet is really crazy to me. But we mentioned Lowry to the Mets. That's a great signing. The Mets are having a fantastic offseason. And yeah. I know you're probably Mets fans out there listening are probably, you know, so tired of hearing lip service and you know we're Yankee fans talking. You don't know you either are just scared to be excited or you don't want to be because your new GM has done a great job with this team.
0: Absolutely. Jed before,
1: Lowry is a great player.
0: Before any games are played, I mean I think he wins I think he's a front runner for for front office guy of the year.
1: Oh, he has to be. I mean, he's being so creative. You can see that he's learned a lot from negotiating with a lot of these guys. Another met note: Jacob Degrom settled for one year, seventeen million in arbitration. Um, that's a nice little. That's a nice little raise. Yeah. Um, right, deservedly that. so. Um, so I would be very excited. Jed Lowry can start probably on twenty-five teams, and they're using him as the super utility guy a la DJ LeMahieu for the Yankees. You're going to see him play some second. You're going to see him play some first. You're going to see him play some short and third. He's going to cover in case some of these guys don't work out or get hurt. Is Rosario maybe a trade bait? I don't know. High on
0: base guy, high average guy. And he hits for power.
1: Switch hitter with pop. Yep, absolutely. Some great numbers out there in Oakland, which is not a hitter's ballpark. I might have rather him than DJ LeMahieu. I probably would have. Now he's older. 2 years 24 million for a 35-year-old is a lot of money, but again, he's not shown any signs of decline and their match are probably saying we're not he's not playing every day. He's going to probably play three or four times a week and he's going to be highly productive. You bat him second or something in that lineup. That's a great move. Brian Dozier we mentioned signed with the Washington Nationals one year 9 million. All right, Tom, we're 1 month away from camp breaking and spring training. Everyone's getting ready. Free agents are probably Really trying to fumble and get to where they want to be. Let's look up and down the league a little bit with teams that have some last-minute things to do. We talked on the Yankees. We want Machado
0: reliever as well.
1: You want Adavino? Yes. You want to take a chance on a guy like maybe a Cody Allen, a Justin Wilson, somebody like that who might not be cost as much.
0: Cody Allen would be nice too. Big time closer for the Indians for three years.
1: Yep. Sonny Gray's got. is seems like that's picking up because CC Sabathia. You know, thank God got the clearance to ramp up his baseball activities and do full workouts again after his heart scare. So the Yankees know that he's going to be ready to go for spring training. It looks like they're they're primed to move Sonny Gray. We'll see what they get back in return. Um, up and down the division, Boston. So they re-signed Evaldi. That was a huge deal for them. They still don't have a closer. They lost Joe Kelly. What do they need to do in your opinion be, to to make sure they stay the reigning champs?
0: They got to bring back Craig Kimbrell. That's number one. Or maybe they'll go cheap and get a guy like Cody Allen. Um, and then they do have to replace a guy like Joe Kelly. I don't know if Adovino's in there. it might be out of their price range for a guy like that. They might go cheap and go with an unknown guy. I don't know. Uh, Joe Kelly was kind of a guy they pulled off the scrap heap from St. Louis anyways. And then, honestly, just run it back out there when it comes to the offensive side of the game. That, that, uh, that lineup is stacked.
1: Yep. And then um, Tampa Bay is making some nice shrewd moves. Um, they're going to be relevant. They said they're going to go with the opener. They've made some. They've signed some other guys. That. They I signed Oficial Garcia today, who's a really nice player for the White Sox.
0: That guy will be nice either way because he could either be in the playoff hunt if they're in the hunt for hopefully a wild card between them and the Red Sox, with the Yankees leading the division next year, or or he'll be a really good trade chip.
1: Yep, and they 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 just know what they're doing. I mean, down this there. is a
0: guy that was compared to Miguel Cabrera early in his career, so he's definitely got the bat.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, they trade away Ramos last year. Uh, we'll see what their catcher, what their catcher situation is. You know they're going to pitch Kevin Cash. You know how I feel about him. He's a fantastic manager. And then you see the Blue Jays and the Orioles are going to be really up. bad this year.
0: I think the Blue Jays are going to trade everything they got. Marcus they just traded. Stroman.
1: They just traded Russell Martin to the Dodgers. I saw
0: that he's going back to the Dodgers. I don't know how much value he brings especially for when you can't DH a guy to give him a day off in the NL. That's a good point. I think you should definitely trade Stroman. I would take him on the Yankees in a heartbeat, um, but I don't think the Yankees are going to get him. Maybe a team like Atlanta or something goes out and gets another starter for one of their young prospects. And they, they should trade the uh, center fielder that, you know, I suck with names. but Kevin name's, Pillar? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That guy's an analytics uh, analytics guy's
1: wet dream. He, he really is. covers He's, a lot of
0: ground. He hits for average.
1: Yep, and he's going to steal a lot of bases, and he's a gamer too. He's played in a lot of big games up there in the north. Um,
0: As for the Orioles, whatever they have left on their roster, I think they have to get rid of. Chris Crust Davis is
1: done. Well, he they're not going to get anything they for him. They can't get
0: anything for him, and that's the reason why they traded away Machado in the first place. Aside from that, I don't really see anything else that they can really get rid of.
1: No, they're going to be very, very bad, but they got a lot of good prospects you know, from the deals that they made with Atlanta, with the Yankees, uh, with Milwaukee. They made a lot of moves last year and, of course, the Dodger trade trading Machado. So I think they're going to be in the development stage for a while. But I tell you, after their last fire sale and they developed the Adam Jones and they developed a Chris Tillman and they developed Machado and, and got a couple of really nice players, Jonathan Scope. If they can do that again, you know, bring Zach Britton along, find another guy like that maybe in another three or four years working at the Orioles and saying, Oh shit. Um, transitioning over the AL central Cleveland Indians have been the cream of the crop of that division now for a few years. Are they going to trade Kluber or, or or Bauer? Like, what are they? I don't know what they're doing. I think
0: they're honestly waiting on the Yankees. I think they're waiting to see what the Yankees do when it comes to Manny Machado. And when that deal is made, if it's made, knock on wood over here. Um, something. Andahar is going to become available, and I think the Yankees get a guy like Corey Kluber.
1: Maybe that's why they're using Sonny Gray, too, to not quite trade him yet. You look at maybe packaging a Clint Frazier, a Miguel Sonny Anduhar, Gray would look good on Cleveland. A Sonny Gray and maybe a, a Jonathan Loizaga, something like that, or another high-end young pitching prospect. You're going to have to give up a lot to get either of those guys. Um, the Dodgers have also been heavily rumored to be going pursuing uh, Corey Kluber. I'm very interested to see what they do. They still need to re uh, reinvigorate their bullpen, losing Allen and Miller. I wouldn't be surprised if Allen goes back. Um, they traded Encarnacion. They traded Jan Gomes.
0: Miller uh, went to St. Louis, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep,
1: absolutely. And, yeah, two years and 25 or something like that. Um, they also traded Yonder Alonso. They got Carlos Santana back. So they've been pretty active uh, during this offseason.
0: That team will be there. They still have a young core. Yeah, so.
1: yeah, they do. Um, and not making a lot of money yet either, which is very important.
0: I mean, when you have two MVP candidates in uh, Jose Ramirez and Lindor up the middle, and then you have a guy like uh, Brian Geyer playing center field, I think he's going to be an all-star this year, five-tool player. That team's going to be just fine. Yeah, I think you got a lot of losses. They lost Brantley as well. Don't forget about that. That's right. Signed
1: with the Astros. Yep. Um, I like I like a lot of the moves the Twins have made. They've made some under the radar moves um, that aren't stealing a lot of attention, but they did sign Nelson Cruz. Um, they also signed uh, they also signed a couple other guys who are going to help them out to young to small deals too, one year deals. Um, they signed Jonathan Scope. Their starting pitching is a a night is their starting pitching is nice. Um, and on top of that, they're getting Michael Pineda, former Yankee, back this year after his Tommy John. If he can do anything for them, like what Nathan Navaldi did for Tampa Bay, and then eventually Boston, they have a situation their where rotation, they could be a wild card team, or they could use good. him as a they can use him as a really strong trade asset. I
0: mean, between um, between. The guy that they got last year from Tampa Bay, Rizzi yeah, Odorizzi and that ace that
1: they have, and I Kyle f- Gibson's very good too, yeah. and and Barrios is the guy you're talking about. Barrios yeah. is
0: great. So I mean, Buxton in center field's not too bad. They got a good young shortstop. So that team's on the rise. They're not going to do anything this year in my opinion, but that no, team's I think definitely that, on the I rise. I think they
1: could be a, a little bit like 2017's version. They might sneak up on people and, and be a surprise because they do have some talent. The rest of that division, the Royals are not going to be good. The Tigers are not going to be very good. And the White Sox are the wild card because if they sign Machado, they have made moves to entice him by signing Yonder, trading for Yonder Alonso. Who's Manny Machado's brother-in-law, and they signed John Jay, who is a nice player. I mean, people looked at that as really just a just a way to entice Machado. It's John the Jay, World Series. He's, yeah, fine. he's not a bad player. Um, and you know we're gonna they have some of the best young talent in the game now. Michael Kopech is out for the year with uh, Tommy John. Let's see if Lucas Giolito can do anything. Um, and then. You know, you're looking at Yoan Mankata to have a huge year and, and finally break out the way that they thought he would when they acquired him from the Red Sox for Chris Sale. That's the way I'm looking at the AL Central and the AL West. I don't know what Houston's rotation is going to look like. How much more does Verlander have? Are they re-signing Keuchel? Doesn't appear that way. No,
0: they're going to piece the bottom part together, but you got Verlander,
1: you got and Cole, Cole, and you got Morton. No, Morton's in Tampa Bay now, man. Oh, excuse man. me. Yeah. I'm sorry. He signed a two-year deal with Tampa Bay. That was wow. another big move that Char- that the Tampa Bay I Rays made. I didn't even made. know that. Yeah, two-year deal. They signed right around the winter meeting, so that was a big move for them. So right now they're, they're only too deep as far as power arms are concerned. Well, you can put McCullers
0: McCull- back in there.
1: Unless he misses the whole year with Tommy John. True. He's out for a while uh, with that elbow. I don't know if they defined it as uh, season ending, but I know he's going to miss a large chunk of time. You got Colin McHugh in there. I don't really know how what they're going to do by pushing that together. There are some free agent starters available, more to the bottom tier. Maybe they could look at them. They did get Michael Brantley, really good signing for them. Um, they have a lot
0: of prospects out there. They, you never know. They may go out and make a move Forrest for Whitley,
1: yeah, Forrest Whitley, I think they expect him to jump in and really take control. Um, they have Derek Fisher, not the former Nick coach, uh, to play some outfield and some first base as well. I I still expect them to win that division. I don't know what else they really have to do, in my opinion, aside from just maybe add another starter or two.
0: Yeah, their bullpen's solid, um, rock solid, especially with the guy from Tampa Bay coming over. Um, Osuna, you mean? Osuna. From Toronto, yeah. And the middle of their bullpen's always been pretty good. Moving down on the line, I guess you got the Seattle Mariners. I guess
1: you would put them next. No, I would put the Angels next. The Mariners have fire sale, dude. They've traded True. literally everybody. You're they right did get, um, they did get Kikuchi, the starting pitcher from Japan, on a four year deal, um, to show that they're not totally tanking. But clearly, this is a move that they made with the future in mind. Um, they are currently occupied with Edwin Encarnacion. Um, that's he's not going to last very long there because neither did Carlos Santana and they've been trying to trade everybody. Nelson Cruz is gone. Cano is gone. Gene Segura is gone. Dee Seager Gordon is going to be still there. Seager. I would not be surprised if they move off from him, especially if he gets off to a hot start. So no, I would look at the angels because the angels have made some nice little moves here and there. They signed Matt Harvey Um and they have a couple guys like a Zach Kozart who you could be looking back for a bounce back year. Yeah. Um. And then they have Mike Trout. And they have Mike Trout who is by far the, the best player in baseball.
0: And Otani is going to hit. And he's
1: going to hit. Yep. So you're not going to see him on the mound, but you might see him at the dish hit another 20 home runs. I mean, he had a really surprising year this year. Um, and
0: Hart still should have won. And- and-
1: Agreed with you. Totally. Uh, and then you're looking at Texas. They've made a couple moves. Um, they signed uh, Lance Lynn. Um, they've been rumored to be going after Adovino pretty hard. Uh, they've made a couple trades. They do have Leclerc in the back end of that bullpen. Traded
0: and uh, Profar. Yeah, that's right. Finally, they moved him the over highly to Oakland. Prospect. And
1: then that segues over to Oakland. Now, the reason I didn't mention them right up there is, truthfully, I kind of put them and the Angels and the Rangers all in the same mold. Listen, the like I
0: said, Oakland Oakland made it to the playoffs last year. They make it to the playoffs about every three years. Their rotation. That, last year was their year.
1: Their rotation, I don't know how that worked. Now, Mane is going to be out basically all year with his elbow surgery. Are you going to really count on Edwin Jackson and Brett Anderson to carry you? I know they went with an opener that didn't sustain long for them, Um They did re-sign Mike Fires, so he adds a little bit of... He was electric. He adds a good level of stability to that rotation. Their bullpen's nasty. Um, We know that, especially with Blake Train and trying and closing out games. Um, But they lost Fernando Rodney, and they lost um, uh, J. Familia. So I don't really know what they're going to be doing uh, as far as the bullpen is concerned. They have great young talent, Matt Chapman, uh, Olsen obviously they're hoping Simeon. They just lost Lowry, but they got pro far. And then you've got a lot of guys in the outfield as well, especially Chris Davis is back now. Mm-hmm. So I think that they're kind of right there. They can either be really good again. Or are they going to go on another crazy run? I don't think so, but That's kind of where we're looking at right now, and obviously a lot of this is subject to change, but we figured it would be a fun little exercise to do one month before spring training, actually start talking as much baseball as we can because it's right around the corner.
0: And we will move on to the NL, what, probably next week?
1: I was going to say, I think we can talk about the National League next week. I don't think we have to go too much more of a deep dive in there. Maybe space this out over a couple weeks. Absolutely. I'm Maybe sure people then, are asleep. Well, <laughs> I'm sure too, is a lot of people in the NL, more than anything, you're waiting on those two guys, Machado and Harper, because they're going to dictate how we're looking. I mean, we know what's on those teams' wish lists. We know two teams in the NL East where both of those guys are high atop it. And then let's go division by division next week. Absolutely.
0: So let's move on to some NCAA basketball. I already mentioned I was a little upset. St. John's found themselves number 24 in the rankings and then lost to Villanova. Five. Villanova. Palatable. Palatable loss. It was a close game through and through to the end, and you lose to Villanova in Philly. That's fine. But I understand Shamori Pons was out. And I know I'm going a little bit on a deep dive here on a not-a-major team, but this is my team. I understand Shimori Pons was out. You have the right. But you're playing DePaul at home in Queens? Fucking DePaul. This is not—you're not playing Kentucky. You're not playing Villanova. You're not even playing Providence. You're playing fucking DePaul. You can't lose that game. You cannot lose that game. And I chalk that up to coaching. That was uh, completely on Mullen, terrible play calls, playing this guy Tremblay, who all he does is pull up for three and foul guys. He's a walking fucking foul every goddamn time down the floor, and why is he in the lineup? You got a talented young freshman, the name deceives me, you know I'm terrible at names. He's long, grabs rebounds, dunks the basketball, play him. The rotation was terrible. Figure it out.
1: Bad week coming first week in the top 25 in a long time, and you're losing to Villanova and DePaul. Figure it out. Yeah,
0: you um, got to. I, no, I, I'm over the Villanova loss. Yeah, that's you're gonna, fine. If you beat DePaul by 10 at home, you're staying at number 24. Villanova is a respectable team, and that's a respectable loss on the road. You're at home, and you lose to DePaul. I'm sick to my stomach.
1: Was that game on campus? It wasn't at the Car- – yeah. It was at Carnesecca. Okay, yeah, yep. That's bad. Terrible. Yep.
0: Uh, unbelievable. Let's move on from that because St. John's found their way out of the top twenty-five just as quickly as they found themselves in it. <laughs> so good for you, yukon beats Southern Methodist.
1: Yeah, and I, a game I didn't expect them to win, but then they they lost by two in overtime to Cincinnati. I, I expect
0: them to lose to Cincinnati. That's a good defensive team.
1: I do, and, and I do as well. And and Cincinnati always; those games are always really tough. altery e. Gilbert has had a couple really good games in a row, coming out of nowhere. Uh, He had a circus layup to put the game into overtime, and for a while it looked like they were going to steal that game at Cincinnati. And again, you know they just don't have the guys that you know you're going to go to. Jalen Adams is their go-to guy, and if he's not on and he's not playing special, he's just another guy. Christian Vitale had a couple huge shots. Gilbert has played better of late. Again, this is a team that is not at the bottom tier of the American, but they're building. This was encouraging from the standpoint of I expected this game to be non-relevant and to turn it off after halftime as I was switching between the Dallas Rams game and this game, and it, it was actually allowing me to uh, keep it tuned in during the halftime of the football game and, and keep checking back during commercials. They lost. What can you do?
0: All right, so let's move on to the NCAA Top 25 and talk about some notable wins and losses. Old Miss had themselves a week, had themselves a St. John's
1: week from last year. Not right. as good. This SEC is just deeper and deeper every week.
0: But they beat Auburn on Wednesday and then number fourteen, Old Mississippi State, on Saturday. That's a good week.
1: That's a really good week. Auburn came back and, and had a had a really nice performance on Saturday. And then, you know, looking up and down this league, this conference is stacked. Yeah, it's absolutely stacked. Very deep. I watched Florida play a really tough game against Tennessee. Tennessee pulled away late, but in Gainesville, that was a game. Um, and Ole Miss now is going to work themselves into the top twenty-five. You got to believe beating number eleven Auburn and number fourteen Mississippi State this that early, in, I would that definitely in, expect some in-state rivalry that that's going to put that's going to put some teams on notice they're just add them add them into the one of the deepest if not the deepest conference in college basketball
0: wow yeah definitely i think the acc still takes the cake but this year you never know moving on to the opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to having a good week this is a bad week ohio state loses to rutgers Ugh. on wednesday turn around and lose to iowa two inside. unranked
1: teams now iowa a good team um Iowa, Rutgers is not. I, yeah, Iowa had has had some time in the top twenty five this year. Rutgers is not. They are a bad team to lose to them. I don't. I I know they're not turning that program around. They don't expect to be good. That's a money grab for football and basketball. To be playing in that conference. Ohio State, who got some attention in the preseason, winning a couple notable games, looks like they're coming back down to earth a little bit, huh?
0: Yeah, um, they they got themselves up to, I think, number 14, and I don't know if they're going to find their way back into the top 20 anytime soon Not because after a week that's like a this. deep Big Ten. so
1: Yeah, you're going to you are gonna be playing Michigan, Michigan State. They're not ready for those guys if they're losing to Rutgers.
0: No, not at all. So moving on, Louisville smacks UNC, this number was a 12 shocker. UNC at home. UNC came out flat, and, again, these rotations are terrible. I think that Roy Williams is a little bit past his prime. I don't know how you feel.
1: I don't know if he's past his prime. I think he just got – I think they just got punked. I, I think they expected a cakewalk through this game with an unranked Louisville team coming into Chapel Hill. And the and the Dean Arena, that was – they were very quiet in that game because Louisville stole the momentum fast. I watched a lot of this game, and to be honest – It's the Dean
0: I, Dome, by the way. Yeah,
1: I, I, I kept expecting – north carolina to come back and and make the adjustments that you would expect a roy williams team to do and it's so early in conference play you can't really overreact but when we're when we're analyzing games on a weekly basis this is a shocker you can't lose like that at home to to louisville can't
0: lose like that at home to louisville can't lose like that at home to depaul
1: no and it doesn't matter whether you're number 12 or number 24 you can't you, you if you're for real and especially in leagues like the Big East, which is pretty deep, and especially the ACC, which is really deep, you can't afford to have those losses. That's going to impact where you are seeding-wise come March, and you might draw a much less favorable matchup than you otherwise would, not you're going to hearken back to that game in, on January 12th and say, fucking Christ, we, <laughs> you we just didn't yeah. come out to play.
0: Absolutely. Every game counts, not as much as football, obviously. But, but they do matter. They definitely matter. So moving on to the final one. This Duke, was the game of the week. Duke beats Florida State on a buzzer beater. Florida State looks great, by the oh, way. They're so good. And you know, for all this Zion mania, and he's probably going to be the first pick in the draft. Whoever steals Cam Reddish after that, they're probably going to have the best player out of that draft next year. First of all, he That's banged a on bold somebody. First of all, he banged on somebody real hard, real hard. And if the Knicks get him, I'm ecstatic because this guy can run a team. He can play on and off the ball. And talk about ball. He's got some balls hitting that shot.
1: Oh, yeah. But you know what? That was a Coach K masterpiece as far as drawing up a play. Called the timeout, got the got the break with an originally called Florida State ball, overlooked it, changed the possession, and gave it to Duke rightfully so. Well, he's right paying the refs. I mean, come on. <laughs> so
0: said, what the fuck am I paying you for? And then they gave him the ball back. Right.
1: Well, although it was the correct call. And you know how much I hate Duke. But that <laughs> was the correct call. Um... But they ran a perfect out-of-bounds play, and Cam Radish came off a screen, hit wide open from the three-point line right next to the Duke uh, bench. And truth of the matter is, this is why they're the best team in college Freshman basketball. Freshman
0: hitting that shot, man.
1: That's some balls. Onions. It is. Even, Onions, it, it, as
0: uh, what's-his-face would say. On the Fox broadcast,
1: I don't know. I watch. Oh, him. Raftery. Yeah, I yeah. watch him too much. He Bill was, Raftery. Yep. let say that he was wide open, but still to hit that shot uh, on the road is huge. Now and I will tell you. Don't this. get me
0: wrong about Zion. The guy's f- an animal. He's electric, and he's probably the best player in college basketball since I don't know Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Probably one of the best NBA prospects we've seen since LeBron. I'm not going to compare him to LeBron. That's like comparing LeBron to Jordan. But I mean, Cam Reddish is a hell of a ball player. He really is. I mean, they're all
1: great. I mean, RJ. You want to know who I see in Cam
0: Reddish? Penny Hardaway. Before injuries, yeah.
1: Hey, listen, maybe Grant Hill too. You got a lot of Grant Hill and a little him.
0: bit of Grant Hill. I like the Penny Hardaway because he's a point guard at heart. Yeah, he's a six six point guard that can bang on anybody, but he can also distribute, and that's really what I see in him. And R J Barrett's fucking great too. He is. He these guys a... might go one, two, three in the draft. I can you believe they, that? I think
1: they probably will. I mean, if you're looking at R J Barrett, he's the one that I'm waiting for to have that signature game because. He missed the free throw that would have put Duke up instead of having to um, have a tie game. And honestly, he he looks a little lost sometimes. He doesn't seem like he really knows what to do. Hard to, hard to shit on him. I mean, he's an 18-year-old kid playing on the biggest stage in college basketball. Where every single game is nationally broadcast. And if you go into an arena like at Florida State, they hate you and they can't wait to see you lose. I think he's going to come back and, and we're going to say how great he is Come March but right now Out of the three I would take Zion Reddish, and then Barrett but again if I was settled, I don't think or, you lose If I was settling with R.J. Barrett I would not be very upset
0: Not at all so let's move on to the uh, NBA That we're talking about right now because that pretty much Wraps up the week of college basketball The Lakers are in trouble My friend I think so I think They are so. three and seven Post LeBron post death of LeBron
1: Yeah who's going who actually had a nice little celebration in the Rams locker room. I don't know if you saw I that. I saw on, that. Well, you know, Saturday. you're
0: injured, you're not playing, might as well.
1: You're in LA, you run the town, do whatever you want.
0: Uh, yeah, no no doubt about that. I think LeBron's I mean, it, you saw the video of Palinka just pacing the locker room after they lose to the
1: Cavs. Yeah, that you can't lose to the Cavs. Especially <clears throat> with LeBron not playing. Can never
0: lose to the Cavs, Rondo, especially at home. Yeah. I mean, Rondo, the loss of Rondo's huge. Obviously, the loss of LeBron is the most important loss in sports. Period.
1: They look lazy sometimes.
0: They do, and they're young. They are very <laughs> young. A guy who ha- who should be stepping up that hasn't, I'm going to go back to it. Brandon Ingram. Yep. Now is your time. I know. Now is your time to be the primary ball handler and sh- at least raise your trade value up. That's what I was thinking. Because y- the ball should be in your hands at all times. The guys who have stepped up, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart. I don't see anything out of Ingram, and he's much better. He will be on another team, and he's much better off on another team. Um, and, and, you know, we have down here, what are the what are the trades coming up for the NBA trade deadline? We're coming up on the All-Star break. I think you got to talk about the Lakers first and foremost, not only because they have a guy who likes to make deals at the end of the deadline and LeBron every single year, but they need somebody.
1: Couldn't agree with you more. I mean, this is a Western conference that, even into the beginning of the year, we looked at and said it's the Warriors and whether this is the last year of their dominance or not you know who really cares I think LeBron knows that this is not the year he's going to win but the Warriors aren't themselves there's a lot of parity in this league both in both conferences and the Lakers have an opportunity especially with a healthy LeBron James and you know you're getting Rondo back to steal this steal the West do it and if well, they, unless this is they when, make a move, they're not going to. This is exactly this is a when, bad opportunity missed.
0: Because you know what's going to happen, and this is when the 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 Lakers should have attacked the standings, and Denver shouldn't be the one. See, the Lakers should, because when Boogie Cousins comes out here and starts playing basketball, it's a wrap. Well, we think it is. Now I'm telling, I'm putting it on wax right now. It's a wrap. He's a problem. He's, oh, no. he's going to be putting up 20 10s every single night like it's fucking nothing on that team. Listen, I... And Clay Thompson's going to get better. And Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, although he's probably having the best statistical year of his career, aside from one of his two MVP seasons, is going to get even better and they are going to rip off probably a 15-20 to 20 game win streak.
1: Listen, I I would obviously put my money on the Golden State Warriors, and you'd be a fool not to, but you can't hide the fact that they haven't looked like themselves, and there seems to be dysfunction on that team. And now you're bringing in Boogie Cousins, who epitomizes the word dysfunction. He's not a
0: boy scout, let's just say that, and he's not going to just put his head down. And, and how is Draymond
1: but- going to take that, and how, and how are they all going to work together? Because if this team was really rolling... And being the Warriors of the last few years that we've known and grown accustomed to, I think it would be not even a question. But there's been locker room tension. There's been a lot of talk about where KD's going. There's been talks that Clay hasn't been that happy. Curry's been in and out of the lineup. There's a lot of questions going on on that team. And you can't, you can't hide the fact that now we're past the halfway point in the season. They're not the same team. They've lost a couple really bad games. And now you're going to be throwing possibly the biggest log on of the fire.
0: Yeah. He's either
1: going to save their season and they're going to look back on the day that he comes back and say that was when the Warriors turned back into the Warriors. Or you're going to say that's when the Warriors lost it all. Listen. I don't think it's any other way.
0: It'll never happen, but they should trade Draymond for all he's worth.
1: Yeah, they're not doing that. I think, I think aside from Curry, he's the one that stays.
0: So now that we're off the Lakers, because we know that they need to trade for somebody, let's not speculate at this moment who it's going to be. I think it should be a Bradley Beal, Dame Lillard type. I know they're shav- saving their chips for Anthony Davis, but you know how I feel about that. If Anthony Davis wants to be his Laker, he'll do what Kyrie did and force his way out of town. The Warriors go as Steph Curry goes. When Steph Curry's off the floor, they're significantly worse. And this team shouldn't be. I don't know what it is with Durant. The guy's the second best player in the NBA. Probably the third behind Curry currently st- constituting. But And I would love him on the Knicks, of course. I think he'd be the best would player you, in the NBA with his own team. That's nice. Um, I, I just don't get this team. I, I, I really don't. And I think Boogie's going to save the season and they're going to rip off 20 wins because... I'm looking at it. You're looking at it from an off the court point of view. I'm looking no, I'm at looking it. I'm looking at on court because it's clearly spilled onto the court. I agree with you, especially you know we have evidence from it behind. That's what I'm the, saying. The Durant and Durant thing, and not
1: just that, but also in the way they've played.
0: But I'm just looking at it from when Boogie Cousins comes out there. They're going to be re. There's a fire that's going to be lit under them because he's coming out. He's playing for a big time max contract. Fire lit under his ass. They're going to be reinvigorated and. Everybody's going to be open. Okay, it's so going to be insane how open they are.
1: Is DeMarcus Cousins now their trade acquisition? Yes, we've already said that. Yeah. So there's nothing else they need to do.
0: No, I'm not saying the Warriors need to do anything. We were just segueing into that. A couple other teams, I think the war, I think the uh, Wizards should blow it up. Yep. That's 1000%. I think that the Orlando Magic should get off of Vucevic as fast as they can. Yeah,
1: because he he was playing like an MVP candidate after 15 games, and he's starting to slow down, and they're going to have to trade high on him, or else they're going to be stuck with him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. few other teams. The Celtics are really rounded into form. You saw a little bit of an argument between Hayward and Kyrie end of a game a couple games ago, but... I mean, that's just because it was it, Kyrie didn't like the play that was called for him, and he doesn't think that they're ready to win a championship. But the Wizards, I mean, excuse me, the Celtics are rounding into form.
1: Yeah, they're playing in Brooklyn right now. Nets are up two with three minutes left in the second Celtics quarter. Celtics win that game. Kyrie, by eight. Kyrie's not playing, and neither is, um, and neither is Baines. Um or or Marcus Smart, so they're kind of throwing throwing in and saying we're got, we got Toronto on Wednesday. And That's maybe a they'll big pull game. a win
0: out of their ass in this game too. I wouldn't be surprised. Who knows?
1: But you know what? They still they them and the Warriors still to me are just don't look the way I expected. And again, no. I would put my money on the Celtics in the East, just like I would the Warriors in the West. But you can't tell me they don't look the same. They look the same because they don't. It seems it seems like they really have that old adage. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. They, they have 10 players vying for playing time that a lot of them don't feel like they're getting justified playing time. And it's like they're caught in between of whether they need to be good teammates or just go for themselves. There seems to be a chemistry issue there, and it's not an indictment on Stevens. I think what they need to do is trade, trade somebody, a Rosier maybe a Hayward, Maybe a Jalen Brown.
0: I don't think I think Rozier and um, Brown are the only two that are gonna be possibly traded. They just re up smart to a big time contract that they're not gonna be able to get off of. Hayward's not gonna get traded. You're not gonna get what you want for Hayward right now. The guy's yeah. a broken player. He's gonna be fixed. I think he'll be back to probably ninety five percent of what he was his last year in Utah, which was a top fifteen player in the NBA. But they're not going to trade him right now. No. You're crazy if you think so.
1: Well, then they, then they're going to have to trade Brown, Brown or, or... Rosier or both because they're going to have to. They need another explosive player. Maybe a Bradley Beal who knows their role.
0: Jalen Brown to a team like the Brooklyn Nets. I know you don't like trading with the Celtics. I know that's tough.
1: <laughs> I got a little PTSD for but the, sure.
0: I know. I, I see you shaking there. But the, I don't want to put you back in rehab. The Brooklyn Easy. Nets, the Brooklyn Nets or the Atlanta guy. Hawks or or the Sacramento Kings for a pick.
1: How about a, how about a Collins from, from Atlanta?
0: They won't do that, man. He's 20 and 10 every night recently. They will not trade him. I don't know. He's if, if you, great. If you could
1: get Rozier and Brown and maybe a pick,
0: he's been really fucking good lately. I know he has been. And the other guy that they got out of Maryland, Huter.
1: But they're so far away from insane. being. They're so far away from being good.
0: I think they're fine with that. They're trying to play for the lottery pick.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I think. I think that you would at least entertain that knowing that you have a rosier and a, and a Brown out there. We're just speculating, but I think we're in agreement that Boston has to trade a little bit of that depth. They need to be eight deep, not 10.
0: Yeah. And looking around the league, I think that pretty much, pretty much sums it up Houston right now. I think it's a James Harden show, especially with Capella out Yeah, Capella's out who, four to six weeks now who's been reinvigorated and been playing amazing since CP already been out. out. Yeah. And, and Capella has been a pick and roll dream with James Harden, Maybe they go out and make a deal. Maybe they get a big man, a young big man. I don't know who they could get. I mean, Anus Cantor wouldn't look too bad down there. But
1: no, I don't I, think they have the pieces. I think, I, I think a team, too, that we, that we forgot to mention is the Sacramento Kings. I mean, they're right there in a playoff thick. You know, they're 7th or 8th right now in the West, and they're playing really good basketball. They're a lot of fun to watch. And I think they're a team that can say, hell, you know what, we've been so bad for so long – tired of getting these lottery picks. If we end up drafting 19th or 20th, that's fine. We'll live with it, but let's make a playoff push. I hey, think In- Tim Hardaway Jr. I think an Enos Canner makes a lot of sense. Or an um, Enos
0: Kander to back up Bagley. I'd like to see Enos Canner go over there to the Sacramento Kings, and I'd like to see Tim Hardaway Jr. go to the Dallas Mavs.
1: Yeah, well, you talked but about hey. if that Dennis Smith Jr. and Wes Matthews expiring for a Hardaway and a pick, I or, you know, a couple second rounders, I think that would be a dream. Oh, man. Another pair it, of pants. Just trade. I'd
0: put, you know what, Machado's almost out. I'd put the Machado pants on for that one.
1: You just have to trade Cantor, and you have to trade Hardaway. I think it'll happen. There's no other alternative. And you
0: mentioned a trade to me. I didn't fact check it. I didn't realize. I didn't know how, um, the word I guess valid it is. I'm sure you saw it somewhere. It's not. It's not Jabari a report. Parker it's just been for thrown out. Ennis Canter as of not No, I looked up Jabari Parker's contract. It's only a one-year deal. But why are you gonna put somebody in front of and or behind a position that Kevin Knox plays? Oh yeah, you
1: wouldn't. I mean, it makes no this sense. this year
0: when you're going for the lottery, it's the same thing as Sam Darnold in a different sport. This guy's got to take his lumps now. And why are you having a guy in Jabari Parker who is zero part of your future? None. You're trying. I understand it, young lottery guys. Jabari Parker is not Emmanuel Mudiay, no. where you don't have a point guard. Yeah, I mean, if he's... not to mention that he's coming off. Three ACLs. You only have two of them, and he figured out a way to get a third ACL <laughs> surgery. Stay the fuck away from him.
1: Yeah, I mean, that... Steve
0: Mills. If you're listening, and I know you are, Dolan, I know you're not. You know I'm not a fan of you, but Steve, stay the hell away from him.
1: Yeah, that would be that would be a classic Nick move. Listen, just trade them for expirings. Tra- trade, them, trade them because they're they're currently stunting your growth. Go get a Wes Matthews who's fine with coming off the bench. Go get somebody else that's fine with coming off the bench. Not somebody who thinks they can step in and be the star of the team when your whole goal is to lose and develop the young talent, a la Trier, a la Robinson, Nox. a la Knox. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really your main objective here. Don't try to do anything else, and they'll be fine. I don't really know what I want the Nets to do, to be honest with you. Staying pat might honestly be their best bet if they could take a chance on some guys their biggest their biggest hope has to be trading alan crabb's contract not gonna happen he's but not, it's well, a pipe dream Big I, time. i don't think that it's totally out of the realm i think that if you can attach where's he going that denver pick there's going to be teams who who would take it who would take that money there's going to be a lot of teams that are really bad he's only under contract for next year you 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 salary dump that You you attach a pick to make it a little bit more enticing, even if it's the Denver pick and that's 28th. If you give another team a second, first round pick, no one's ever going to say no to that. Throw a second in there too. I don't care because what they're looking at right now is you, you can sign one max guy. But if they move Crab's deal, you can sign two Max guys or you can re-sign Russell, re-sign Hollis Jefferson, and get a Max guy, which I think that they might like to do. I like that. And that Max guy might be a Jimmy Butler who you know I'm not a fan, but if you look up and down the nets, actually the Ringer NBA crew, a podcast that we really like and respect, they did a great job breaking down possible uh, destinations for him because... I think a lot of people are in agreement that he's not gonna work out in Philly long term. It's already not
0: worked out in Philly. Exactly.
1: Very well. So he needs to play somewhere where he can be the alpha dog. I think he's I think the Nets are that perfect spot I think the Atkinson would be a perfect coach for him. I think LeVert is a guy who's n- has no ego whatsoever. Russell clearly has shown he has no ego. Yeah. Uh. Not with the Nets.
0: minuscule ego. How about uh, that? Not
1: really, dude. Not <laughs> at all. Not at all. I know you're he's, protecting he, your boy. There. He's been great. He, he hasn't has. done anything. He's he's been a great team guy. I mean, if, if trust me, with the whole Dinwiddie thing, if he was an asshole, he would have shown his colors right now. Those two play really well together, and they play well with different units. When one guy's hot, he gets the he gets the carries. When when the other one's good, you know he's cheering him on. So I don't know what they're gonna do. I would love to get off of that. I don't really want little auxiliary pieces. I saw one; it was like it, it was somebody for I think it was Crab and and a pick for J.R. Smith and Rodney Hood. I don't want any part of that. Rodney Hood's not any good, and don't put J.R. Smith anywhere near a young, fun, developing team. No, Mar Carroll's playing better, and my boy. Maybe they could trade Carroll. Rodina's Kuroks is balling. So I know. I know I, you like him. So he so keep the good vibes going. If they just miss out on the playoffs, fine. If they make it in with this team and lose in the first round and just keep things exciting, that's really all I ask for. No more tanking. It's nice to actually watch games and be like, hey.
0: Tanking not to tank, though. Tanking for the Celtics.
1: Yeah, (laughs) but you (laughs) have all that for sure. But it's also, you know, just like I don't want to see – I don't want to be in January and, again, see a team that's going to win 20 games. They're already Absolutely. at 23. So who knows? I mean, the NBA trade deadline is so much fun. It's right up there with baseballs to me. I mean, there's so, there's so much speculation. It starts early. Teams are moving. Teams are, you know, acknowledging whether they're frauds or not. Teams are ready to go for the jugular. I think the Lakers and I think the Celtics are the two most interesting teams.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we're about an hour and 12 minutes in talked a while on the Brooklyn Nets there, but that's all right. That's your squad. So listen, we will be you back. You have your
1: St. John's. I have my Brooklyn You're right. Nets.
0: You're right. We will be back on Wednesday. I think Wednesday. UConn
1: basketball and the Knicks cancel themselves out.
0: True. We will be back on Wednesday with the NFL pod. Things are winding down. There's only four teams left. We are on the eve, the week eve of the championship weekend. Yeah. Big time.
1: Big time. And, uh, Based off your tone of voice and, and names, you're not over the Adam Gay sign. I didn't convince you, did I? No. How about Greg Williams?
0: Big time. Love it.
1: Give your Love take, a cheater. Give your take on Wednesday. I, I don't, don't know if think, he was a cheater. He just uh, wanted to head.